0: You're listening to That's the Industry Podcast, episode number 44. Today, you're going to learn from an individual who is a two-time Miss Congeniality champion, as well as a two-time Emmy Award winning TV producer. Here we go
1: you're listening to that's the industry
0: with thomas jordan that's the industry with thomas jordan the podcast that takes you inside all the aspects of the entertainment industry directly from the people who are making it happen and now your host thomas jordan What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode. Today, we are joined by two-time Miss Congeniality, Miss New Jersey USA, and two-time Emmy Award-winning producer Kimberly Kravitz. What's going on?
1: Oh, that was so nice. What a what a great uh, way to start this interview. Thank you. It's so nice to to be with you. Really. Yeah.
0: No, it's great talking to you. We're just gonna dive right in. Uh, how did you get started in the industry?
1: Sure. So um, I always like to say, and it, it's a funny story, but ever since I was in the baby carriage, really, I mean, I've been interviewing people. What's your, what's your husband's name? What do you do for a living? I always love to talk to people. Um, it's, a, it's a true passion of mine. So I knew that storytelling um, and interview style conversation was something that I loved. So I would say by the age of like 19, 20 was the first time I had an opportunity to be in a newsroom. Um, eyewitness news, um, channel seven in New York, that was my first internship. Um, and that's where I realized that if I can commute into the city in those early morning hours and pay to get in and out and still love it, then I found my way. This is the, this is the absolute path for me. So, um, that's, that's kind of a little bit of some background.
0: Yeah. And how did you get started into, uh, is it, how did you get started into pageants?
1: Oh, that's that's completely separate, actually. So I am I'm an older sister. I I have one sister, Ashley Kravitz, um, and we're the best of friends. So although we have very different um, paths, we're very big supporters of one another. And she is the reason that I got involved in pageants. She put me up to it. Mm-hmm. so she said, this is your, this is something that would help you. You're, you're perfect to get into, into a pageant where you would meet and encourage and empower other women. And that's exactly what I did. I, I left with a hundred new friends. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. well, that's good. Cause you just, and I'm not in the pageant world, but you hear so many stories, right? Of course there's going to be positives, but I think a lot of people maybe see pageants as very stuffy and like uh, yeah. clicky. Did you run into that when, uh, at a young age?
1: They get a bad rap. I mean, I'm telling you that I couldn't have, I could not have been more impressed by these polished, knowledgeable women. I mean, and, and young, I mean, they're just, they, they, they bring so much to the table. So to think that these women are going to be in our workforce just makes me thrilled for Mm -hmm. our future.
0: No, that's great to hear because, like you said, you kind of like, you know, uh, debunk any type of stereotypes. And I'm sure that stuff goes on because, right off the top of my head, I, I picture people stealing each other's shoes and dresses and stuff oh, like yeah. that.
1: <laughs> it just didn't happen in my experience. I, like I said, like the women are the ones that choose the miscongeniality, Congeniality. So that just goes to show you, like, they're the ones that chose me for that title twice. So it, I really do feel that they, um, they, they do get a bad reputation pageantry, but it, it, it gives you a kind of discipline that's unmatched. Hmm.
0: And that's really interesting. And also, uh, you mentioned Miss Congeniality. I know there's different, uh, ca- I think it's different categories. Maybe you can kind of explain for me and our listeners. Well, uh, there's like Miss, Mrs. There's Universe, Miss oh, yeah. World. Like, what is the difference between all of them?
1: Great question. So um, although it's been a couple of years since I've been in that realm, the the basic that you need to know is that there's Miss America and then there's Miss Universe. So the Miss USA pageant is separate from Miss America. In fact, Donald Trump was once the owner of the Miss USA pageant. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going back a while. Um, So I was involved in the Miss USA pageant, um, which is now broken down by state. So that's where Miss New Jersey USA came from and um you know if you're a, if you're an 18 year old you're going to be a miss if you're um, younger than 18 you're going to be um a teen and then if you're married you're going to be a misses so it's really straightforward
0: Oh, okay yeah no that make no that actually makes perfect sense actually
1: <laughs> I, ju- <laughs> I just
0: see so many categories it's like wait which which one is which
1: Um, if you don't if you don't belong.
0: (laughs) And I know you're a two time champion. So what did it feel like when they actually called your name? Or first of all, before we get to before you were a champion, what were is it based on events or skills or?
1: Great question. So um, there's a few things. So what you bring to the table is um, you have a platform. And my platform was um, opioid awareness. This ties in directly with both my family and my professional life. Um, we had a, I had a, a cousin of mine, a first cousin that passed away, um, and it, it was due to an opioid abuse situation. And I, I forever will make that uh, something that is a priority and something that I want to spread awareness for. So, with that, my station put together a 500-person town hall for the. It was called the Heroin Crisis. So that experience and learning and and meeting people that have had loss uh, due to substance abuse made me make that my platform for the pageant if that makes sense it was all simultaneous by the way um, so that was the platform and then on top of that you have a, a humanitarian angle so they encourage you to uh, gather a bunch of coats for the winter and donate them to big brothers big sisters and uh, I hope I got that that organization, right? It's been a couple of years, um, and that would be another angle of way uh, of a of an award. So that was kind of um, if you put it all together, and they piecemeal it, and that's how they determine the winner.
0: And how do you prepare for something like that?
1: I had a coach. I was completely brand new. I mean, some women are born into the pageant world. You know, their mothers and fathers put them in at a young age. I didn't have that, so i I wasn't sure of of any of the discipline until I had a coach who kind of showed me the ropes, but you kind of learn as you go and and you always have to remain true to who you are. That's the biggest rule.
0: Mm -hmm. And what are what is some of the best advice you got when you were in pageantry?
1: Um, well, definitely to be yourself, but to, to really make yourself, um, Vulnerable. I mean, you're going to be put in a situation. You're you may be on stage with a hundred other women that may deserve the award more than you, and you have to be okay with that. You have to be your true self, uh, but definitely uh, test yourself and and push yourself to the limit. It helps you in the long run.
0: And what was some of the worst advice you ever got?
1: Oh God, um, I think maybe being a follower. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been like. I, I've always liked to call myself a leader. So if you're going to be a follower, I think that's going to work against you. And the judges will see that.
0: And have you have you ever been approached to be a coach and or judge?
1: Yes, I was. And I, I decided that wasn't something that I felt comfortable with because I simply just don't know enough about pageantry. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was something like I, I'm glad I did. It was like a bucket list type of thing, but definitely was not able to uh, to put myself in the, in the position to judge another woman who may know better than I would.
0: Mm-hmm. And then as you've gone through all that, and then you were crowned champion, I know it was twice, one in 2016, one in 2018, but when you were first crowned, what is, like, can you describe that feeling in one word?
1: Um, It's humbling. I I remember I had my mother and my father and my sister in the audience. So both times I remember hearing and seeing them in amid a whole audience and they were just absolutely dying. <laughs> it was just one of those moments that, like, they couldn't believe it, I couldn't believe it. Like, let's go. Like it was just exciting all across the board.
0: Was it a little emotional as well?
1: Oh yeah. And it I'm an emotional girl, like as it is. So to to feel like, oh wow, these women believed in me. These women put me as their number one and they chose me, that that's just such a high compliment.
0: And what about the same question, but when you won the second time in 2018?
1: Oh, it was like I said, unfathomable and humbling and just, um, you know, I, it was like a right place, right time moment. You just know that you did something that you'll never forget in your whole life.
0: And when you were, is there any type of pressure that comes with being crown champion?
1: Well, um, again, I think the person that would have the most, uh, pressure would be like miss New Jersey. That person would be, you know, that's, that's a life, uh, it's a year long job. So you have to be up to the task with being Miss, Miss congeniality. It was co- more like a recognition. So there was a, it was a little to no pressure situation, just an honor.
0: And when did you decide to stop doing pageants and transition into television?
1: So, um, I've always been in television. I started in 2011, so I picked up pageantry along the way. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, um, that was just like a little short time and I skipped a year too. So, um, I I, television's not going anywhere. That's something that I've always, uh, I'll always have in my life, but the pageantry it's, it's, you have to be so disciplined and so prepared and I'm a all or nothing type of person. So if I don't have the time and effort to put into something wholeheartedly, I won't do it.
0: That actually leads into my next question about what you learned, like what skills uh, you learned in pageantry that have now transferred over or kind of carried with you to television.
1: Sure. Um, Well, you learn about your passion, because just like you and I are having a conversation right now, you have an interview with the judges. So they interview you about your your personal life, your professional life, why you want to be there, um, everything leading up to that moment. And you learn an incredible amount about yourself. You discover who you are. So I think that that in itself was just like, it's so invaluable, especially in those weird years when you're like 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Those are tough years. So you know, just that soul searching was really something that I'm so glad that I did early on. Um, I hope that helps answer your question.
0: No, it does. And that's the thing. Like, you you know, you see on TV people getting asked that one question or whatever. It's just, and you don't know what the question's going to be. I like, it almost oh, scares wow. me to death because it's just like, it's a curveball. It could be oh. anything. So it's,
1: it's, I have a great, I have a great example for you. Yes. So there's a bunch of judges on this panel and you could go in there and they may ask you like, oh, what's your name? where do you live? What's your profession? Or they could be like, if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? And it's just like, it throws you. (laughs) (laughs) So it's one of those like curveballs that you really don't know what to expect, but you have to be able to be on it and just be yourself. It's fun.
0: So I was about to say, so what would you say your spirit animal is and why? Oh
1: God, I have no clue. God, I used to prepare for these things. I I feel like an animal right now. I feel like since COVID, like I've been wearing, I have like many heads. (laughs) Like I've just been wearing so many hats, being pulled in so many different directions. I feel like literally that's my spirit animal. Something with, with a ton of heads and tentacles because I'm doing a million things at once.
0: So in, are you, uh, I know in TV, uh, there's differences between reporters and MMJs, which is multimedia journalists where you're wearing all the hats, which is shooting, writing, editing, and presenting. Are you doing both or are you just doing one or the other? Do you have a camera guy?
1: Yes. Yeah, so my, uh, my photo Stanton Hunter, um, and I've worked with several of them. They are just like your right hand man. So like they, they, everything from shooting and editing, Um, I am a producer of an hour long program called Jersey matters. So that's my first baby. And I have to make sure that that happens. Um, I have to tie that in a bow first, but when I am, um, able, I am out reporting every single day too. So if, if I wasn't a producer and I had more time, I would be an MMJ. I would be shooting and editing my own stuff. Um, but because I, I do wear many hats at the station, I have, I have obligations. So I, I go out and I produce stories. I write them but I am not the one editing them.
0: Do you have a hard time sometimes explaining to people what you actually do on TV? 100%. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, you do what now? Uh... Right. I
1: know. It's like if they see it in the credits, then they'll understand she's a producer, she's an anchor, she's a reporter. Like then Then you get it. But other than that, it's just way too hard to explain.
0: Yeah. And when you explain it to them, what do they usually say? (laughs)
1: Cool. <laughs> they're they're usually um, it's always it's always a uh, a great response because people in the field like you know like our industry we we really do we have a great community right because we all can like kind of empathize with one another um, we've all had great days we've had rewarding days and we've had some some not so great days um, but they the look of confusion is priceless
0: oh yeah and I don't know if you ever went through this I experienced it when I was in news is I thought everyone wanted to be on camera, but I quickly learned when I was in the field that not everyone wants to be on camera. Have you run into that in the Jersey, New York area?
1: Yes. So are you talking about like MOS interviews? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, when you have a man on the street interview, like good luck, because I consider myself a very friendly and outgoing person, but I have to kick it into like fifth gear Mm. to get these MOS interviews—it's hysterical. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, though. Like I like—I like the challenge. I love to to get people vulnerable and kind of like squirming in their in their shoes. I think it's kind of a funny um, experience. They usually love it. That's the funny part.
0: So if we were doing a man on the street interview right now and you had to approach me, what would be your pitch to get me to be on camera for a quick interview?
1: The first thing I would do is hide my microphone and my socially distance. It's so scary. I walk around with a six foot pole to keep a social distance so that would go in the car immediately and I would walk up to you like smile with my mask <laughs> and I'd just say hey you know I'm doing a story on baba ba um, you know do you, do you care to share your thoughts about the paper bag ban and then I would get a read from you
0: mm-hmm. so it's so funny <laughs> yeah well, out of every station I went to the one you just mentioned, whether it's paper or plastic or banning plastic bags or charging for plastic bags was always an on and off story. I have no idea why you just that you just gave me like a shot of nostalgia right there.
1: Right. New Jersey has the strictest in the nation. So we just enacted like the strictest ban. So they will like, they will basically add on a fee if you go to use a plastic bag or a paper bag. So that's why in New Jersey, it's like enough. I've I've done the story four times.
0: That is insane.
1: I know, isn't
0: it? It's like you do you'll do stories on that, but you won't do stories on in New York. I think it's in New York or New Jersey. Or correct me if I'm wrong. I think it might just be in Jersey. You don't even pump your own gas out there. Is that You're true right. too?
1: A hundred percent. They don't. We don't pump our own gas. So <laughs> I, w- if I go to Pennsylvania, I look like a jerk because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Well, I was in Oregon and they did that, and oh, it, no it, it threw me through a loop because the guy was like, "Nah, dude, you got to stay in your car." I'm like, "Not, nah, bro. I can, I can do it." They're like, so
1: have, have you been to New Jersey before?
0: I have So get this. I've, I always joke with people. I have been to China, but I've never been to New York or, nor New Jersey. Do
1: you have any interest?
0: Of course. I, okay, good. I, I just, good. I don't have a tour guide and I would have no, like, I feel like the time I go to New York or New Jersey, I need somebody who's either from there or who has family there or some just to go to like, I like to explore. Like
1: you need a reason.
0: It's something like exactly just something to like go to places where not uh, it's like almost all the local spots, not all the hot spots you see on like TV or something like that.
1: Right. And, and definitely give yourself enough time because there's so much to see.
0: Mm-hmm. And, so. Yeah, no, definitely. And then um, so how does one become an Emmy Award winning producer? Because it yeah. is. It is not, that is one of the highest accolades you can get in television.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Well, first of all, everything's a group effort. I was production manager for that town hall I was referencing before. Um, And that was just something that was so close to my heart, especially after losing my cousin. Um, So yeah, 500 uh, people in a live audience. Now I miss that tremendously because I miss the social gathering. You know, we had... um, we had someone in our audience, this is a crazy story. We had somebody in the audience that actually passed out. Like, it looked like they were having a seizure when the conversation of withdrawals came up. It was the most unbelievable thing because we're, we're, we're having a conversation about opioids, withdrawals, overdoses, and the next thing you know, someone is seizing in the audience. And my host was like, is there a doctor here? And we literally had to, like, help, help the person mid-town hall. So you could just imagine—I mean, what we went through and editing this all down—it was a nightmare. Uh, but then to to win the award for it, it was just—it's breathtaking. I have them right next to me. It's it's something I'm proud of every single day.
0: Yeah, and is it was that um, at that time was it just a was it a sweeps piece or was it a just like we're gonna air this on the five, six, and ten?
1: Yeah, it was a uh, standalone. It aired on March sixteenth. I want to say. Um, but we had an encore run, so it ran quite a few times. Um, but then we submitted it in the New York and the Philly markets and that's how we, uh, we hit the the lottery.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that's, and how many people did you say worked on that project?
1: I would say there was like a group of 20 of us, but my host, Larry, Larry Menti, he's my guy. I mean, he's the host of Jersey matters and he's been a great mentor all of these years. He's, um, he was a national figure. He was the first male on access Hollywood. Oh, um, wow. So I've learned so much. He's got a hundred Emmys.
0: A hundred? A
1: hundred, Tom. Really?
0: A hundred? No. Yeah,
1: I swear. You've it's seen them. Oh yeah. he He's like cleaned them off in front of me. It's so funny.
0: You know, it's hilarious as we as broadcasters or presenters get these awards. Do you know how many people I know who have Emmys that are literally <laughs> sitting in a box in their closet or under their bed? Like, but why did sort of,
1: they do that? <laughs>
0: I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. But it's right? just, it's funny to hundred. a hundred. Holy smokes!
1: Yeah, he he's done some great work. So it's it's fantastic to work and be motivated by someone like that.
0: I'm just trying to picture a wall of a hundred Emmys like yeah, that, look, that,
1: up, look him up on Facebook, Larry Menty.
0: That is cool. What's and what's you said? He how long has he been a mentor for you?
1: Well, we've worked together for seven years in April.
0: And how important is it to have mentors, regardless if you're in television, pageantry, or any industry? It's everything.
1: To emulate someone that has has been there and learned and done great work and perfects their craft. It's like, who needs a college degree when you have that? That's my opinion.
0: Yeah, especially if somebody has a... Even saying it is just, it blows <laughs> yeah, my know. mind. It's just like, <laughs> gee, yeah, you really, you don't really need college. Uh, I know. But, but yeah,
1: it, it certainly keeps us on our toes.
0: And I'm sure he is a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, as the years go by, you learn so much, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. What would you say uh, is the biggest learning lesson from him that you have learned from him uh, this year?
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna make you laugh, but we always crack up because I'm his producer. So when we're in studio, like the guy, like he can pick up any article, any any piece of paper without any knowledge and completely give like the most insightful interview, right? He he's unmatched, like he's an amazing journalist. And then the funny thing is he'll flub on introducing the person's name or title. It's like a running joke. It's just like what you said when we were starting, and that cracks me up about Larry. He's so funny.
0: You'll have to ask him why that is. I cannot, for the life of me, figure it out. Because I, like you, like him. Mm -hmm. We could talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere, any climate, any setting. You're
1: you're carrying a a conversation. We don't even know one another. You're you're terrific. It comes natural to you.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate that. And like I said, we've I think we've chatted all of one time. You know, I'm not you know a mammoth university public speaking contest winner, but but I you know uh, I try. I try, but yeah, you'll have to, we'll have to ask him. You'll have to get back to me because I still can't figure that out. And even transitioning into digital content with you, you know, with some of my clients or YouTubers and they come back all the time. They'll send me, it's like, dude, it took me 20 minutes to do my outro to literally try to like to get the words of share, like subscribe. You just fumble over that. And same with names. I'm actually horrible with names for whatever reason. That's
1: what always cracked me up about Larry.
0: Yeah. It's like, and it, I, I don't know and also I don't know if you've noticed this at all people in TV are even though communication is right. our business it is almost a, like a party for people who are terrible communicators and terrible spellers
1: right 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 it's so true yeah we have, oh god
0: <laughs> and it's actually it's just comical as you know because there's people who had these awards but you know you just and I'm don't get me wrong and no I I'm a terrible speller but I'm oh. just saying you just see you just see you know some of the people who just have all these or and all this knowledge like your your best reporters who are always on top of the A block just you just see little grammatical errors and you're like do you know there's a uh, <coughs> comma there <So> right
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> better off that we have video and uh, audio to deal with
0: Yeah. And we know like, you know, your gift, you have the obviously the gift of gab, you can talk to anybody. Uh, What would you say is a skill that you uh, need to work on?
1: I think writing is always something I'm going to be struggling with. Um, You know, writer's block is a challenge. If you have a story that you know, could be so passionate and emotional. That's something like, how do I write to that? How do I make this story even better and not take away from it? Sometimes less is more. Mm -hmm. you know, you become very possessive over your words, but you got to lose your words and put in their words. So that's something I am constantly struggling with. But, um, with COVID being out reporting every day, I feel like the skills are starting to fine tune. Mm
0: -hmm. And do you want to stay in news or what would you say your end goal is?
1: So that's the funny thing. I'm very, um, I'm very open-minded. I have so many, um, I have more likes than dislikes. The only thing I could see myself not doing is sports, to be honest with you, because I'm just not literate in sports. But I love entertainment. Uh, Many people have always said, I can see you doing entertainment news. Um, I'm not a reality TV fan, but I have a whole um, side hustle. I have an uh, e-commerce business where I uh, buy and resell items. So that is something that I would love to pursue, is do like a reality docu-series of, of that. Um so there's like so many different things. I I guess we'll, we'll see where it takes me.
0: If you had to do one dream job literally, right? Like if somebody called from is it well, I would I almost said E, but E is no <laughs> longer there, which is that's a whole nother discussion. Um yeah. like Good Morning America or CNN or just somewhere, what would you say the dream job is if they were to call today? Kelly
1: Ripa's job. Kelly's Ripa, Kelly's just She's got it made. I mean, every day she wakes up, she gets to speak to people that are around this country—amazing people, amazing guests—over coffee. Like, what's better than that? Yeah, she's. Like, what's better than
0: that? <laughs> and plus, I'm pretty sure she makes eight figures a year, so she's definitely not hurting. But if no. she, if you could be Kelly, can I be your Ryan?
1: Absolutely. And we're look at us—we're killing it. We have a good chemistry, so that's that's what you need.
0: And and he's uh, so it would actually funny. He's from Georgia, and she's from. Jersey.
1: Jersey. I know. <laughs> there you go. She's a very nice girl. I met her um, at the New Jersey Hall of Fame.
0: Oh yeah. So,
1: yeah. She's someone I, I totally look up to.
0: Well, technically you look down to her, right? Because no, you're, know you're, you're, you're,
1: funny.
0: <laughs> you're a bit, you're a bit taller than her. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you just, what did you guys talk about? Did you guys talk shop or was it just like, Oh, I'm such a big fan or what? No, she,
1: yeah, she had, uh, she had her children there and her dad. She was taking home an award for um, the New Jersey Hall of Fame. She was inducted that night. And she was pretty much being whisked away from ABC um, off of the red carpet. So that's kind of how that went. Mm-hmm. It was like a short and sweet type of thing.
0: If you got to sit down and do an interview with her, what would you ask mm-hmm.
1: her? I mean, she went from soap opera to like pretty much like a journalist overnight. So I'd want to know how that that all worked out. And if she chose the right path, if it's something that she, she's – um, you know, proud of if Did she go on the right path or did, did she want to stick with acting? You know? Um, I also would want to ask her like, what's her favorite spot for pizza? <laughs> Cause I love to talk about food and food and wine. So I think we'd have lots to talk about.
0: And, and being, I feel like being from Jersey gives you a leg up anyway. So if she's ever, I don't, I don't know what part she's from, but
1: South Jersey, South Jersey.
0: Yeah. And I, and I feel, I feel like you have a better shot than you think to so, sort of maybe run into her at some point in time.
1: Yeah, wouldn't that be fun?
0: <laughs> that would be super cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, is there anybody you haven't interviewed yet that you do want to interview?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, there's plenty. Um, the The person I was most looking forward to interviewing is, is no longer with us. I'm a huge Donna Summer fan. Mm. Um, I love 70s and 80s disco music, and I grew up in her fan club. So, um, I've always went back and watched Donna Summer on like the late night TV shows after performing and I love her. So that's someone that I would have loved to interview that I have not, um, and won't ever be able to, which is so sad.
0: Yeah, it is. So. Yeah, it is. It is sad. And that's, and I've actually, I think in my entire career, it's weird. Cause you know, you're on, I was on the red carpet for a while. I think I've got, I think I've interviewed four people who have passed and it's just weird. Cause like. I have video of me talking to him and then like two weeks later, I'm just like, well, I I wish I could go back and, uh, re-ask that question. Um, but, but before I forget though, um, I know you, we talked about mentors, uh, and how you have one, how did you approach him as far as like kind of taking you, uh, taking you under his wing? Cause I know there's people out there who are looking for mentors too. And then they're always Mm -hmm. wondering like how to find them and how to, uh, approach them to ask for their help.
1: Right, well, Larry and I have worked together for 7 years. So that's why he's he's just been around me and I've been around him and I learned from him. Um and if it wasn't for where I work at MeTV, I wouldn't have him. So that's you're just be thankful for every single experience. Because yeah. whoever whoever you're introduced to, there it's for a good reason.
0: Yeah. And it was it with you guys, was it kind of an unspoken thing? Like, you know, you're just, you know, it's not like, Hey, will you be my mentor? It's you working with oh, it no. side yeah, by it's, side. It's
1: working alongside it's, it's, it's laughing on the crazy days. It's everything. It's a, it's a mix of like the ins and outs of a newsroom.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you could describe a newsroom atmosphere to somebody who has no clue what it is, how would you describe it? <laughs>
1: um, geez. Um, no matter what time it is, there's energy. You smell coffee when you walk in. Um, there's always that little, like the the headlines. You can hear mumbling in the background. Um, if you're not in that field, you might be unfamiliar and it might be scary to you. But to me, I don't. I, I embrace that feeling. I think it's cozy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I I love it. Do you get, I love it.
0: Do you guys have the scanners in the backgrounds too?
1: Oh no, we don't. And and especially with COVID, we don't. So Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, for what, it's, it's been crazy. Yeah,
0: for whatever reason I um yeah, we any newsroom I was in, there was always like you're focusing on your story or whatever you're working on for that day. And then you got the scanners in the background that you've got to listen to as well. So while trying to write, you've uh, definitely got scanners in the background.
1: I know, I know. And it's funny, I'm actually I was on your um on DB's uh, page and I was checking out your reels so you, you really have some great stuff that you should be so proud of too.
0: Oh I appreciate that those are oh those are so old yeah between it's me okay. be- between me and the wall there's a little old but no you know. no, no
1: that's great though and you should keep at it. I, I know it's so hard to find the time to update your reel. And it's something I don't even enjoy doing, but it's it's good stuff. So make sure to include all of your great stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's great advice. And I'm sure you know being in a position where you're in, and uh, have have you been approached by you know whether it's on social or people who look up to you about um, not not so much like mentoring them, but kind of like guiding them and giving them yeah. advice.
1: Yes. And I love that. I will always give them the time of day, like no matter what, I always make sure that um, I respond and I give people, um, you know, some real heartfelt advice because I know I could use it. I I still use it. And you, you want to give back Mm -hmm. because before you know it, you're, I'm in the field like 10 years. If I didn't have help on the way, I mean, who knows where I would be.
0: And if you, can you give an example of something maybe recently of somebody reaching out what they asked and how you responded?
1: Sure. So recently someone asked me, uh, their tape is from Canada and he was like, Hey, do you mind looking at my live hits and this reel? And then the one where I ask questions on camera. So I looked at it and I gave him like little subtle tips, um, you know, kind of in his delivery. And also with like an Amazon, you could buy a windscreen now for like nothing. He really could use one because then you would avoid those P So things like that, like, things he probably would never have thought of. But when you have a second set of eyes and ears, you know, you have some different perspective.
0: You've been super great, super helpful, you know, wow. provided so much value. Um, But just to go a little deeper in that question as far, because, you know, if people, you know, if somebody came up to you on the street and saw you with your giant pole, which is on Instagram, <laughs> by the way, I saw that picture. I was like, that's <laughs> awesome. Funny, right? Yeah. And they were like, hey, I want to do what you do. Uh, a lot of people tend to respond with, you know, you just got to work hard and you got to stay with it and post on social. Duh. Okay. Uh, to go a little bit deeper than that, what would you say to that person?
1: So, um, oh God, how do I even, I guess I would just say find your niche because if you're, uh, if for instance, like I said, I'm not sports literate. If I started out in a sports arena, I would probably drop out of the industry. So it's important to stay uh, stay within the parameters of what you enjoy reporting on because you, it will burn you out. Um, if you're not someone that should be out there covering a murder or a fire, maybe don't do that. You know, find find your way um, and speak up, you know, adjust when you need to. Uh, because you're not, it's a sink or swim type of field, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So I would suggest that you have to, you have to find your way in the field. Um, and it's a tough industry, so you have to have a thick skin. But certainly, um, you know, the sky's the limit. Have fun with it.
0: Awesome. And where can we find you on social?
1: Yeah. So, and I was just going to ask you the same thing. So on Instagram, I'm Kimberly Kravitz TV and on Twitter, I'm Kimberly Kravitz. So feel free to reach out to me. um, Anyone that's listening, I'm happy to uh, respond.
0: And I'll put all those uh, links in the description below. Uh, Kimberly, once again, thank you so much for your time. I seriously appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. It was my pleasure, Tom.
0: All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I would love your help. This podcast is brand new, so I need all the help I can get. If you would just subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating. I really, really would appreciate it. And last but not least, I got a little something for you. For the last 10 years, I have been writing, shooting, producing, editing my own video to get my dream job as an entertainment reporter in Los Angeles interviewing the stars. Now, that might not be your dream, but if you are in this industry and you are in this field, you are going to need to learn how to write, shoot, and edit, produce your own content. And now I want to personally train you on these skills so you can create your own journey and make money while doing so. So what I want you to do now is log on to Facebook and request to be in my private Facebook group, On Camera Professionals. Once again, it is called On Camera Professionals. But wait, Thomas, I really like your stuff. I really want to learn from you, but I don't want to be on camera. Don't worry. I got you covered. In this group, I'm going to be doing a live training, so that means live tips and tricks. I'm going to do giveaways, freebies, and I'm also going to do personalized training. So once again,
1: log on to Facebook and type in On Camera Professionals, and I'll see you there.